righty. Good to see people connecting and loving on some folks. A little bit of a shout out to Brad and Elisa. Brad and Elisa. Elisa's right there. Brad's over there. Uh, you may have known them from the beginning of the foundry. You may have heard the story uh, at the beginning of the foundry that they came to this place by way of toothbrushes. And man, that's whoo. Um, what does that mean? My sweet Elisa was a manager at CVS, and one day we needed toothbrushes. And we went into CVS and started talking to this sweet little southern West Virginia girl with her awesome little accent that's kind of fading a little bit, and started talking to her and, and just, you know, spending time with folk. And all of a sudden, she lets us know that they, they were looking for a church, her and her husband, and by way of toothbrushes, came to the Foundry Church, rededicated their lives, got baptized, dedicated their children to, well, one, we got another one, uh, but the other one I think was dedicated to your new church, right? Is that right? Which is awesome. Um, all of these things over toothbrushes. You never know the impact you will have on somebody's life by talking to them. Do you hear what I'm saying? So important. I love you guys dearly. So glad you're here today to celebrate toothbrushes. I'm just kidding. Jesus and what he does in somebody's life, all right? It's exciting to see. Uh, they helped to lead hospitality uh, for some time and make this place loving and kind, and we appreciate you guys so much. So today, uh, we are finishing, concluding the series called FOMO, Fear of Missing Out. Probably automatically, your mind goes to that fear word, as with Kara Myers, my precious wife, she goes, Jess, I just, I just can't get past the fear word. I don't know, it's the man. I'm like, Kara, it's a thing. It's, it's all-encompassing. It's this, this fear of missing out, of, of being a, not being a part of something. And that's what we try to define and understand. That we, we, In our lives, it's, it's natural for us to feel like, well, they're doing this, they're doing that. They're, 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 does this sound familiar at all? This house, that car, these, ch- these kids, this relationship. And we begin to look outward pretty often before we look inward. I'm like, Kara, it's not that you're scared of missing out on something. She goes, okay, it makes sense now, all right? Because she's always in kids' ministry as well, and she doesn't get to be in here in this way to hear. And it's exciting that we are, are seeing such um, realization in our lives that, that, that God wants to do something in us, and that he's challenging us at the core of our beings to not look outward, but to look inward for all that we need in this life. We know that this is a human characteristic seen from the very beginning. Genesis 3, 5. Eat from one forbidden tree, Eve, and you will be like God. I, I was eating on a beautiful crisp apple this week. Anybody love fall and apples? Are you with Mmm, hallelujah. And I was eating on that, you know, the crunch, and then the juices flying all over my face, dripping on the floor, and I'm like, that's tart. That's sweet. Sweet tart apple. Not really. It, it, was, it was good, but it wasn't that good. I was just excited about it, and I can understand. I don't know if it was an apple or not. doesn't matter. Why you can be tempted and lured away pretty easily by things like that. But the bigger picture and understanding how Eve was, was tempted and pulled away for this quest, quest of knowing things beyond what she really needed to know. Do you get what I'm saying here? We all experience this in our lives in one way or another, and it has, began, it has been since the beginning of time. But I have something I want us to finish with today that is found in Hebrews chapter 4, and it's, it's a concept and an understanding concerning FOMO that we really got to wrap our hearts and our minds around because it's so important. And this thing that we have to wrap our minds and our hearts around is one small, simple word called rest. Rest. And 
we, we define rest, because you know me, I'm always trying to define everything, and, and Webster helps us with that, the noun and the verb version of that word, and you'll see that this, this rest in the noun state is a peace of mind or spirit. And I illustrated this in first service, when I think of peace in mind and spirit, when it seems like everything is just, you know, clicking and going well together. Does this make sense? It's like when you go home, and you walk in the door and... You open the door and all of a sudden the smell of pumpkin spice from your plug-in just infiltrates all of your senses. And you're engulfed in fall-esque love. Right? And then you go to your closet. You open the closet door and everything is nicely pressed and clean, stacked one upon the other. And you smile with joy deep inside your life. Then you head into your kitchen. You open the cabinet and every mug is perfectly placed. And you grab your favorite mug. For me, it's my Alaska mug that I got up there when I was uh, on a missions trip, missions trip to Alaska. And I pull that mug down, and I'm like, slide it under the coffee maker, throw in the pod, hit the button. You know what I'm saying by this? And all of a sudden, it's like birds are flying out and just, oh, you know, heavenly. Does this sound like, this sounds like real life, doesn't it? No. No, but can you... Doesn't that sound like peace of mind or spirit where you're just like, oh, hovering everywhere? Doesn't that? What? But then we see the verb side of it is, is to cease, right? To cease from action or motion, to refrain from labor or exertion, to be free from anxiety or disturbance. Man, would that not be amazing? If you have children... Hang that up for a while, okay? That's not going to happen. You're going to come home, and you're going to look for towels, and they were folded by an 8-year-old, and that's fine. You get what I'm saying? You take the coffee cup, or you go to look for the cup, and it's not there. And then you're out of coffee in the morning. And then what do you smell? Not pumpkin spice. No, you don't smell that at all in the plug-in. Somebody didn't flush the toilet. You see what I'm saying by this? (laughs) But we're not talking about that kind of rest. See, we're talking about like so deep rest that goes beyond things right that goes beyond people that goes beyond feelings that goes beyond understanding all these kinds of things something that's deep 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 inside and see i think with fomo our biggest problem our biggest struggle is what's going on right here because we really don't truly have so deep rest if we're always looking outside to find fulfillment or joy or completion, or fill in the blank. That has to be found from here, the one who fills us to overflowing, okay? So we look in Hebrews, and we can't look just at chapter 4. we got to look at the book as a whole. And the thing with this, when, when you look at the context of Hebrews, we see that there is a, a mega main theme here that we do not want to miss, especially pertaining to FOMO in real life and soul deep rest. This main theme is so important that we can't miss this morning, and we've alliterated so it makes sense, right? The sufficiency of Christ Jesus. He's enough. He's enough. Him in and of himself is more than enough. We could just have Jesus and have nothing else, and everything would be fine. Does that make sense? We could have salvation We could have all that Jesus did and all that he wanted us to experience, meaning just him, and never get married, never have children, never have nice things, quote unquote, never have this dream, never have that. And he is sufficient 
He's enough. Does that make sense? Okay. Sufficiency. But then we also talk about that he's superior, the superiority of him. That he is over others and all things. Does that make sense? That in the order of life, it's him first and everything else. Okay? But then also that he is supreme. Supreme. The supremacy of Christ Jesus. That he has all authority over all things. Does that make sense? See, that's this mega theme in the book of Hebrews to when we get to chapter 4, we see it played out in some strategic ways talking about Sabbath rest, soul deep rest. Now, so often when we talk about Sabbath rest, and my understanding, and you may feel the same as I did, was that Sabbath rest was something that happened on Sunday. Or Sabbath rest, if you're a pastor, which you only work, the only day you work is Sunday, so your Sabbath rest your Sabbath rest, <laughs> courtesy laughs. You're like, yeah, we pay you for this. That's pretty. <laughs> I'll have you know what we're doing by order of our board, thank you, Ryan Mink, is clocking all of our hours as a staff to make sure that we are handling what you are giving well. Stewardship, holla at your boy, okay? Thank you, Ryan, for that idea, all right? I will gladly do it all the time because it's a joy. But when we think of... of this Sabbath rest, and how important this Sabbath rest is, and we're not doing that forever, it's just for a time being. Uh, this Sabbath rest is that there's this so deep thing that God desires for your life and is a promise to you. And it doesn't just happen on Sunday, it doesn't just happen on Saturday, it doesn't happen when you choose. It's something that you have every single day. Is this making sense? That you walk in and out of every situation, you're like, it's all good. So this past week, okay, I love taking care of the lawn and stuff like that. Jeremy and I love that, don't we, Jeremy? We love taking care of the lawn. And I, I look outside just about three days later, and all of the leaves are back on the grass once again. <laughs> Woo! Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're ready to fight. I just cleaned that up. But I've realized something in this pursuit of rest that that doesn't matter. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter, okay? Because soul deep rest is something totally different, okay? So the theme verse, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, uh, that you're going to look at, and you'll read on your screen uh, along with me. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, it is important that we realize who Jesus is and what he has come to do for you, Okay? in you, for you, this world, all together, okay? Whom he, he appointed heir of all things. God appointed Jesus heir of all things. And through him, also, he made the universe. The sun is the radiance, the sun, S-O-N, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, an exact carbon copy, if you will, in physical flesh of who God is, okay? He is sustaining Right, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after, after he provided purifications for sin, purifier, he sat down at the right hand, right? The right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to angels as the name has inherited. He has inherited the superior to theirs. A big argument is trying to understand, and this is what it feels like. The Jewish people, the Jewish Christians... We're wanting to go back to Judaism, stop their journey because everything wasn't playing out the way they expected. Doesn't this sound like 
us as believers today. When it doesn't go the exact way you had scripted, you're like, you know what? I'm going to go back to what I was doing before because at least it was predictable. At least it was something physical that I understand. At least it was something that I can relate to, uh, that I feel like it is okay, I guess. It's better than this. And the writers of Hebrews were, were challenged, the writer of Hebrews was challenging us today to not lose heart like they did then. I'm, listen, read this, one, at least one through four, chapters one through four throughout the week. Because you'll see the human condition that has always been there to want to give up and stop when everything doesn't look the way you've expected. Does that make sense? And go back to what's predictable, known, and understood versus going ahead by faith. And we'll make sense of that in just a moment. Because I am convinced that true rest, soul deep rest, will only come in and through Christ Jesus. And we see that in those verses. Because Christ is our creator. He's a sustainer, forgiver, and finisher. You get that picture as a finisher, not someone that is done with you, but done with the work that he came to do. Wow, that just came. I didn't even plan that. That was actually pretty fun, all right? Someone that's not sitting down on the job, but sitting down in his position of authority and understanding. Does that make sense? Okay. So now Hebrews 4, the context, is, is understood a little bit more. Verses 1 through 13. Therefore, again, a conditional statement, if then kind of thing, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, God's rest, the promise from the beginning, rest for those who follow him and love him, right? And call him Savior, still stands. Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. Just as Israel had an opportunity to turn toward God and understand that through him they could be saved, so do we. But this message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God has said. Remember, the exact reflection of God. So when we hear something like this, so I declared my oath in anger. They shall never enter my rest. We picture Jesus as like, hello, 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 come here, get healed. Hey, here's some food. Hey, hey, Jesus. Hey, I'm happy. I'm Jesus. Jesus. And then God, right? You know what I'm talking about? You know, and it's like, oh. The exact representation. A just, loving God that knows the beginning from the end, that knows the heart. You see what I mean by this? This makes sense. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. What does that mean? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right there at the beginning. Creation. God working from the beginning through Christ Jesus. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day God rested from all his works. And again in the passage above he says they shall never enter my rest. Again, why we would think on the seventh day is the only day we should rest. But it's way more than that. Every day have an experience his rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who had formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. Today. I'm one of those guys that likes to really super define words. Anybody else like that? I love, you see that a lot on the screen. I love to define words. I'm like, what does that really mean? What is the deeper meaning of the word Today. What is the entomology of this word? What, what generation did it start in? And what, what is it? In, did anybody else do this? Or is this just me? 
Thank you. I see that hand. I'm not crazy. Or we are crazy. All right? But what do you think today means? Today. Mind blown. Newsflash. And when you think about the word today, and when you think about what's about to, to, to come after this, this he did a long time at, later, he spoke through David. As in the passage already quoted, which is in chapter 3, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. When I hear the word today, I hear a new opportunity, a new chance. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest, not a day necessarily, a rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active. We always quote this, but we don't know the context a lot of times. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I don't know about you, but understanding that scripture more in this context brings to light how much I really need soul deep rest. It helps me to understand that the only way I'm going to find this soul deep rest is not through the towels stacked perfectly in the closet or the coffee mug placed perfectly upon the shelf or one button coffee service. You know what I mean by this? Soul deep rest through Jesus. That was God's design from the beginning. So if I want rest to happen, what does that look like? It happens, rest happens through faith. Hebrews 4.2, just to reiterate that, you see that. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. When I think of the word faith, doesn't that seem like it can have many different definitions in the faith? Prime example. But when you look at the words that are similar to it, we call them synonyms. When you look at that word, you see this other word that will make perfect sense to us. It's a word called trust. Quick question. Do you trust the pew your little tushy has set upon this morning? Think about it. You came in and just plopped that thing right down. Not a fear in the world. You knew that pew would hold you up. Let me ask you this. Did you really doubt, maybe some more than others, that your, your car was trustworthy this morning to get you to church? We'll pray over that later if it's not. But, you know, did you trust that? And Nate's like, amen. <laughs> His prayer life increased about a 1,000% when he bought that car. You know what I'm saying, right? Did you trust that you're nice for me? It's older now, but Tempur-Pedic would support your body. Mm, I wanted to stay there longer this morning. Anybody else wanted to tarry in his presence longer this morning? If you know what I'm talking about, that's an old word. You'll catch that later. See, we get trust. We understand that. But how often do we directly apply that to Christ? Well, again, you've never given him a high five or walk down the street with Jesus. You walk down the street with people who look like Jesus. That's kind of weird these days. But you look and you're like, I've never seen him. But see, this is a trust factor that God is trying to build within us in this season. That Jesus is who he says he is. 
that his relationship is enough without the extras, that God will be faithful when we don't see the fruitful yet, that this trust is a promise for us, that we can trust in that promise that is for you and not everybody else around you. You know what I mean by that? Why do they keep getting better, but nothing changes here? Why do they keep, why do the wicked keep prospering? Remember that? Why do they get everything they want? And I'm sitting here, I don't have anything to drive. Does that make sense? That's personal. You get it, okay? It happens through faith. This rest is achieved through obedience. And we see that in Hebrews 4, 6, the, the word disobedience pops out on the screen. You see that, that some will enter that rest, right? Uh, it sent, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not because of their disobedience. That word obedience, when you think about it, is compliance, conformity, and submission, His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He's not going to put something on you that you can't bear. Actually, he's looking to take things off of you because what he can bear. But when you think about this in your own life, I don't want to be obedient. I'd rather do what I want. Where has that gotten you? Soul deep rest, something that you have because of your disobedience? No. It's easier. Trust and obey. That's a great old song, right? Trust and obey. Rest will be found by a daily commitment. Hebrews 4, 7. Again, we define this word today. You wake up tomorrow. What will you call that day? It will be called? The day after tomorrow, you will call it? The day after tomorrow is today, you will call it? You get what I'm saying here. It's really complex. This word is just today. How are you today? Today, 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 today. Every single day, being committed to something. How hard is it? And if you look in life now, so many people struggle to stay committed. Why? There's always something prettier, shinier, more fun, more exciting to happen. Think about it. There always will be. It takes a lot of work to stay committed, doesn't it? Every single day to be devoted, to get up and rediscover your faith, to be a part of community to build your faith. To share your faith with the lost, that takes a lot of commitment. And it's hard to do this long term, but it is a daily thing. Also, rest is by continued effort. Worship team, if you guys want to make your way up. Actually, we're going to wait because of the dedication. I don't want to do that to you. They're going to be like... I did it for you so they didn't have to do it, okay? (laughs) Rest by continued effort. Hebrews 4, 9 through 10. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following the example of of disobedience. Continued effort. Not just a commitment daily, but trying every day to enter in. Regardless of what's drawing your attention away. Making effort to to slow yourself down long enough to make space for God in your schedule. And this is what I have people tell me. something. You know what? You should work on your scheduling. And what you should do is actually program in your schedule whatever that's supposed to be. And then if somebody asks you, Justin, because you have a problem with saying no, if somebody asks you, say you have an appointment. 
Who's it with? Jesus. For me, the best way to do it is first thing in the morning. We've talked about this some. Because this thing is not going off because it's on do not disturb. Does that make sense? If I don't get up, and that's just for peace of mind. That's not because I'm more spiritual than you. That's because, Dad, what are you doing? Hey, what? Right? I love you, children. Two of the older ones are here right now. God bless you. <laughs> Their yoke is easy and burden is light as well. You guys are such a blessing. But they need things. And if we're up early before them, spending some quiet time with a continued effort to rest from my work, some good things will happen. All right? And that's just me, even recently, making that a major priority. And then the last thing is this, to allow God's work, his word, to do its work. Hebrews 12, excuse me, 4, 12 through 13. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I'm reminded in this moment that rest will only come through Jesus Christ, that creator. Think about it. That sustainer, that forgiver, that one that is a finisher. It's only through him that this will happen. That I finally look over and see him sitting down, that we finally look over and see him sitting down and understanding that the work that was supposed to be done for us to experience soul deep rest has been done in and through him. The last verse I will share before we move to our baby dedication side of things. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, another if-then statement, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Don't let go. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize or, or sympathize, is another way it's written, with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. A lot of times we think of Jesus as this lofty floating character throughout Scripture, right? He came in flesh so that we could understand him, but also he understand God understand. You know what I mean by that? And so that there would be flesh for flesh. Again, they were tempted to go back to Judaism to make sacrifices for what they did and their separation from God. But God said, I will never have you separated from me ever again, flesh for flesh, man for man. You get what I mean? Physical example. So then, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. To help us today. And tomorrow, which will be today. And the day after that, which will be because his grace is sufficient for every single day. Tomorrow's got enough problems of it. Oh, can I get an A to the men? 
Don't even fret it. The leaves will always be on the ground somewhere. You know what I mean? Thank you for listening to the Foundry Podcast. We hope it has been a blessing to you. For more information on service times and upcoming events, visit our website at thefoundrywv.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thefoundrywv.